when it comes to our learning and it comes to us growing up into him, that comes to our relationship with him. And we have a lot of classes, <laughs> books, a lot of learning, a lot of things that you can read and study and stuff like that. And there is, you know, over time, you know, some people, some people feel a little overwhelmed by um, maybe Bible teaching, like, oh, this is too much. You know, they may feel a little overwhelmed by it. Um, there's a lot of people that feel like that they can only know so much, and we kind of want to reserve this to the professionals. You know, are you a professional minister? Okay, good. Then you'll know that, and you can just tell me what I need to know, kind of like a CPA, you know? <laughs> you're the minister, you're the CPA, you know all the tax rules. So um, you know all the Bible rules, so just tell me. But, um, you know, that's not what we've come into, unfortunately, uh, for some people to realize that now. Um, we didn't come into um, an industry. Uh, we came into a kingdom. And the kingdom is actually run by love. And the head of that kingdom is Jesus. He is the head of the whole thing. And he ministers to us through his love. Okay? So in the scripture, it says that you can all be taught by the Lord. And it, and it actually says you don't need a man to teach you. It actually says that in the Bible. You know, like, well, wait a minute. Well, why do we have teachers? Well, the teachers the correct place for a teacher, or just like anybody, is to come alongside what they sense the Lord has been teaching and go along with that. That's pretty much all you do. Um, so, you know, for some, they feel overwhelmed. So they, so they say, I think 15 minutes is good on a Sunday morning. It's good. And that's fine. You know, if that's... If, but the only reason I'm saying is that I want people to understand that the teaching and the learning that comes, comes by the Spirit. So if it is 15 minutes, it's fine. If it's an hour, it's fine. But don't feel intimidated by um, being taught the things of God. A couple reasons. Number one, you're taught by the Lord. It's not a man that teaches you, which means you're learning by the Lord, which means you don't need to put that extra effort in. And God knows everybody in their heart, so he knows how to get messages across to us. Uh, the other reason is is that um, you are made for this. This isn't, you're not being taught something that you're not. You know, like um, if I was going to learn to be a parking attendant or I was going to learn to be, you know, a, uh, I don't know, an astronaut, I would have to get specialized training because astronaut is not my default mechanism. I don't actually, you know... <laughs> have that. I don't understand all the physics. I'm going to have to go somewhere and learn so that I can become this person. Um, but when it comes to being a new creation son of God, Jesus is speaking to our nature. He's not speaking to turn you into something that you're not. He's reminding you of who you are in him, and the teaching goes along those lines. So that's the reason why I'm telling you, you don't have to feel intimidated by being taught by the Lord because he's teaching you who you are. You're not becoming a new career. You didn't like, I was a sinner, now I'm a Christian. I got to learn what that means. Becoming a Christian or be, being aware of being a Christian is being aware of your oneness with him. And that oneness is where we grow from. It's kind of like if you're a plant, becoming acquainted with the soil that you've been planted in. You know, you're already in. So the teaching that comes from the Lord is a teaching of recollection, reminding, reminding us in our mind of what it was that we were brought into. We know what we were brought out of, but what have we been brought into? So don't feel intimidated by it. You know, now there are very heady teachings out there, and I mean heady intellectual Bible teachings. That could be pretty intimidating. Um, but if you would just go at it in this way. The Lord is teaching me. Every day is something new. He knows exactly how it works. I stay submitted to him, and he's not teaching me to be somebody I'm not. He's reminding me of who I am. And that's why it's important to be yourself. Some places want you to act a certain way. You know, when we were, and this is just the way it was when we were growing up, um, you know, in our church, you called everybody brother and sister. <laughs> everybody. If you were kids, you would 
call people by their name, I think. But the second you became an adult, it's brother. So I'd be brother Jamin, you know, sister Kim, you know. So once you became an adult, you became a brother and sister. So everybody called each other brother and sister. Yeah. And, and, and this was, so the idea was, is that we need to learn that we're a family. So we call each other brother and sister. But do you call your brother and sister brother and sister? I mean, you would say brother, but you wouldn't say brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, right? And, um, you know, so, and there were, and it's cute, you know, and it was a thing for a while, you know, but, uh, but it's kind of like an inside, an inside baseball kind of thing, right? And that's a cultural thing too, brother and sister, and, and, and you know, some of that is ingrained in the culture. Um, but that doesn't make you a brother and sister. You are who you are, you know, and, and you are a brother and you are a sister in Christ. Not, not, and, and this is the way it is for all of us. And, and the scripture even says that for, for guys to treat girls like a sister. You know, it says that in the Bible. Treat them like, you're, they're, like they're your sister. And, and that keeps things pretty normal. <laughs> you know, and when, we, and when we have families, you know, there are times where you have to resolve some conflict. It does happen, you know. But if you go to the head of the family, the conflict gets resolved right. When you try to resolve the conflict without going to the head of the family, which is who is Yeshua, you know, you're going to end up, you know, possibly having some unresolved conflict. Um, and so the Lord's teaching us that. And sometimes you'll go to places and you might be part of a family, a group, you know, and there might have been some conflict. And, and you know what? Maybe it got resolved. Maybe it didn't. But you can resolve it in your own heart, you know, and move on from it. You know, it's a family. It's a big family. The family is so big. And we're going to learn a lot about this in the future. So so don't be intimidated by Bible teaching. Don't be intimidated by the amount of material. A lot of, a lot of that, um, a lot of times, too, you may um, hear a lot of facts just kind of being spit out. And it's not your job to grab the facts, get them in your head, and repeat them. Because, again, the, what we're being taught is who we are in him and that's very unique to each person so if there's a guy who likes facts and he's spitting out facts and you're not a facts person don't feel like you have to imitate them because you don't you imitate who you are in christ you know what i'm saying you just be yourself there's areas of your life there's areas of my life that flourish because he planted those in me when i was born they're called your destiny your gift he put them in you. You're very good at those things, and you love to do them. He nurtures that in us. Okay, He grows it in us because he's the one that put it in, and he knows where it is. So don't feel like you have to spit facts back. I need to know my Bible verses. I need to know this and that and the other because it, it can be very intimidating if that's not even you. You know, If you like facts, great. Get a bunch of facts. Enjoy it. You know, But if you don't, you know, enjoy the Lord in him. Okay, so I just wanted to say that today. I wanted people to know that the Lord, um, it's about relationship with him, getting to know him, him getting to know you, and growing into who we are in him, not apart from him. And from the time that we're young until, until the time that we go to heaven, um, the world puts requirements on us and says you have to do these things okay now we have the counterculture revolution which said i'm not doing any of those things the hippies you know <laughs> and they didn't i'm not even cutting my hair i'm just gonna let my hair grow because you told me i have to cut my hair you know so you have that which is kind of a natural response to it but there's a spiritual response to it and the spiritual response is let love lead the way see what i'm saying let love lead the way let love show you how to deal with each situation and let love dictate the outworking of love within your own life. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. And now let's get to our book, A Short Method of Prayer. And last week, we talked a little bit about um, something called retiring within yourself. Well, that's interesting. When I think of the word retire, I'm thinking, well, how old are you? Can you retire? <laughs> but retire just means to, like, recline. 
you know, retire for the evening, that kind of thing. It's kind of an old, older English word. Yeah, stop working, retire. That's a good one. <laughs> stop working. <laughs> um, and I think this is great here. This is chapter 11. And she says, oh, I don't have it up. Let me get it up here so you guys can see it. And you can pick up a copy of this if you're listening online. Um, this is actually on our website. It's free. Um, and you can read it. So, and again, we're talking about prayer. And, and prayer, again, at the beginning, what she said is prayer is just being aware of the presence of God all around you, within you. That's just because it's that awareness of him. That's what prayer is. And so what it says is the soul is conscious of a deep... So this is, again, and if you haven't read the first few chapters, <laughs> read those, because this is more of an... an it's not advanced in that way, because this is, again, this is a short method of prayer, so it's not super advanced, but this this assumes that you've, you've done some of the beginning things, uh, meditative reading, meditative prayer, but it says the soul is conscious, so so when you when things become intuitive and continual, so the soul being brought into this place needs no other preparation than that of repose for the presence of God during the day, which is the great result of prayer, or rather prayer itself, begins to be intuitive and continual. So what is she saying here is, again, as we're practicing this prayer, the presence of God is the result. Okay, that That is the result of this kind of praying, is becoming aware of, of him. And, um, and this is 100% what the Bible talks about. I mean, what? how would Jesus become aware of the Father if he was not aware of the presence of God? You know, and he wasn't like, God is far away. You have to go get him. He was like, the kingdom of heaven is within. And then he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, so he was letting people know this is a place that's not physical. It's spiritual. It's a, it's a, or we say dimensional or a realm. So the soul is conscious of a deep inward happiness. We like to call this joy and feels that God is in it more truly than it is in itself. So that's a process that you get to where you become more aware of him than you are even aware of you. That's pretty cool. That can happen. It has only one thing to do in order to find God, which is to retire within itself. As soon as the eyes are closed, it finds itself in prayer. And we talked about this last week. This is amazing. And it says this, it is astonished at this infinite happiness there is carried on within it, a conversation which outward things cannot interrupt. So when you're in this place of prayer, nothing on the outside interrupts it. Now, I will tell you this, this about this kind of teaching. And again, if you've made it this far into this teaching, you know, I want you to know that if you're really connected with the physical world and the soul, this is very difficult to do at the beginning because it doesn't have a physical representation it is purely spiritual, but it is very, very real. It is more real than the physical, but it does take, and I want to say, discipline. Okay, so it's not works. Okay, it's not like I have to work my salvation up. It has to do with consistency. Okay, the more consistent that you are in this kind of praying, the easier it becomes. If you're like, I'm going back to going down my list of prayer. First, we're going to pray for the for the president. Then we're going to pray for the Senate. Then we're going to pray for the House of... And you go down that list, and then you're like, okay, now I want to do meditative prayer. Well, this is a continual conversation. This one doesn't stop. <laughs> so there you are. You're in. It might be said of this method of prayer, as it was said of wisdom, all good things together come to me with her. And we talked about this last week, too. For virtue flows naturally into the soul and is practiced so easily that it seems quite natural to it. So when you're praying like this, when you're praying quiet prayer, okay, we call it, or meditative prayer, okay, the, the virtue, okay, flows easily and naturally. This is important. Easily and naturally. So, easily means it's effortless. Right? Contact. <laughs> easy means, easy means you don't have to work it up. Now, this is kind of counterintuitive. This is counterculture right now. 
<laughs> for a lot of places because there's a lot of working up that takes place. Um, and it's not just the service itself, it's everything that leads up to it. It's very premeditated, it's very soulish, and it is definitely working it up. But if I were to tell you that that same presence that you got in that service that had all this background to work it all up could be easily and naturally entered into in prayer through this technique, I've given you something that you can use, and the Lord has given us something. Okay, so the virtue flows easily. There's no um, strife in it. That's why I like retire within. You stop working. When I retired, I stopped working. I stopped working for what? I stopped trying to work myself up into God. I stopped trying to do all this stuff. And I began to quietly go in. Okay. Now listen to this. It has within it a germ of life and fruitfulness, which gives it a facility for all good and an insensibility to all evil. So I can tell you, as you stay in this place, okay, in prayer, you will have a fruitfulness just come off of your life. It will affect everything around you. You won't have to go, we need to pray for this, we need to focus on this today. What's our prayer focus today? What are we going to do about this? All that kind of stuff, okay? It comes naturally. The fruitfulness comes naturally. And the second part that comes naturally is insensibility to all evil. So when evil comes in, we just completely ignore it. It's as if it's not there. We give it no thought. We give it no. It's insensible. It has no sense to it whatsoever. And, um, and so as we're growing and developing in this, okay, and again, just be aware as you kind of leave the shore and as you're going out into the ocean, you will become aware that there are some still people on the shore. <laughs> just know that everybody's moving along this process, okay, differently at different times. But this insensibility to evil, because don't you see this? You know, when we are in the Spirit, in Him, our viewpoint of everything shifts because now we're seeing things in the Spirit instead of... There are places, and this is really hard to explain, so maybe I won't try, but I'll, maybe I'll try. I'll give a little attempt here. When you're in the Spirit, things look different. And sometimes they look a lot different to the soul. The soul's like, what am I looking at? And then you have to be reminded by the Spirit of the Lord, actually, what you're looking at, because it looks so different. But it is what you're, it is the thing in the natural but you're looking at it from the realm of the Spirit. So that's something that happens. Again, if you've had this happen, you know what I'm talking about. If not, we'll just keep going. Let it then remain faithful and seek no other frame of mind than that of simple rest. It has only to suffer itself to be filled with this divine effusion. Again, when we're in this kind of praying, it's the simple rest, okay? Don't seek another frame of mind. Don't just like, Oh, wait, 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 there's something I forgot. Hold on, let me change my, my thought of, how, of where I'm going. Because you remember, like, if I'm going to focus, okay, on a thing in my heart, I'm intending towards that. So if it's the Lord and the aware of the presence of God around me, my heart is intending. Everything around me has now activated into that realm in the Spirit. They're, they're, so why switch that frame of mind? Stay. Remember what I said at the beginning? It's discipline and consistency. So the more that we pray like this, the more that we, and I have watched people, I didn't know what it was I was looking at, but people when they were, like in some of these revival meetings in the 90s, some of the people were going in trances. They were just go, going. Like they were there, they were in the spirit, and then they were gone, and they were like that for like an hour, just completely gone. And, and, People were kind of freaked out about it because they, they, no one had been taught this. This is ancient. This is ancient. So as we keep going, like this is the way it has been from the beginning, but to be caught up in a trance in the spirit, God is giving you downloads. You're having an experience with him. These are very good things. These are good, not bad. But because we had no frame of reference at the time, people were like, oh no, something's wrong. And, and they'd ship them off to, to mental asylum. But what, was, but what was happening is they were getting caught up in a trance. 
You know, I was listening. I, I watched a guy this morning and read a, a guy's testimony. He became a Christian. He was a Muslim. You guys may know who he is. He's a very, very famous um, evangelist. And he was he grew up in um, Pakistan, I think it is. And he became a Christian. And he goes, after I became a Christian, they put me in a mental asylum for a year. And he said, the reason was is because I was so happy. They thought there was something really wrong with me. Because before he was depressed and suicidal. But when he became a Christian, it he had such a drastic change in his temperament that they locked him up. He's one of the one of our the guys that we follow on Facebook. Yeah. So so he so but while he was at the mental asylum, he got everybody saved. He's in a Muslim country. They had to kick him out. They're like, You're you're gonna get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah, they all got saved. Yeah, because he was so filled with the spirit, but they couldn't have there was no frame of reference. So they locked him up. So again, I saw a guy. I knew him. He he was so filled with the spirit in every service. The service would start and the guy would immediately get drunk in the spirit. Immediately. And then the next thing you know, he's gone. Whoop. Gone. He was in a trance. Like for an hour and a half, however long the service was. No, he was sitting down, but he was in a trance. But because there was no frame of reference, they put him in a mental asylum. Because people don't understand what's happening. You know, so again, I'm this is more advanced. I don't even know. I this is something that that we you know realize as we're growing in the Lord that from the outside people may not understand what's happening. Exactly. That place, right? So. The most important thing to remember is don't disconnect from the source who is Christ. You know, he's the source of, of everything. So when when we're in the spirit, always be aware of him. Don't don't like disconnect like you're somewhere by yourself because you're not. You're with him. And he'll tell you and lead you as you're as you're doing it. And if you do, you know, get caught up in and he's not gonna take you somewhere you're not ready for, just so you know. You know what I'm saying? It's that he completely respects us, you know. But as we're growing and he introduces us to being in a trance, being in the spirit, like those kind of things, um, that, that could happen. And it's okay. You know, I mean, I, we went through all the scriptures before about trances within the, within the scripture. Jesus was in a trance in the bottom of the boat. I mean, the boat is flooding. He's asleep. He's in a trance. They had to physically get him to snap out of the trance. More than likely, this happened a lot. You know, because this is a place of prayer that you're in. We talked about Peter, you know, with the sheet coming down. That's a trance. So this is a this is an interaction in the spirit. So what what happens is we can't always explain it in words, okay? But you're being the words that the Bible uses is being caught up in a rapture. It's a rapture. I was raptured up. You're caught up in a rapture or ecstasis, you know, an ecstasy. You know, they they have that word ecstasy that they used for uh, drugs. I don't know if you're familiar with this. They, they, they took, not only did they twist the drugs, but they twisted the word. The, the ecstasies were the ecstasy of the spirit. That has always been the way it is. The, the, the saints had them. The, um, the Catholic saints had them. Even, even the, the Celtic saints had them. To be caught up in a rapture, to be caught up in an ecstasy, had nothing to do with drugs. That was, that's a perverse demonic thing that, that the world has, has generated. But to be caught up in the spirit is to be caught up in him. You're not caught up in your own thing. You're caught up in, um, in the Lord. And again, like she was saying at the beginning, she said, you can get to the point where when you close your eyes, you're in prayer. Y you absolutely can. Like you're just like, whoop, and you're in. You're in him, you see. So there is this um, process that we're growing into, okay? And the Lord is gentle. He's not forceful. Okay, he doesn't just force things on us. So don't worry about that. But as we're kind of advancing through in this, in the presence of God and the fruit of what's happening, I wanted to bring some of that up. You may have, like you said, someone may have experienced a thing like this and not known what it was, and it may have made them scared, but that was because no one had taught them. And if, as the Lord is teaching us about these experiences we're having, be it a, you get caught up in a trance, be it caught up in, into a rapture, whatever it is, that's the Lord's doing. You know, like you can't get like it's so silly. Like people used to get mad at Brother Hagen for um for saying uh uh you know um 
if, if you believe and don't doubt in your heart, you'll receive it. And he's like, why are they yelling at me at that? I didn't say that. Jesus said that. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like someone's getting upset because you got caught up in a trance or caught up in a rapture. It'd be like, it's not me who did it. It was the Lord. I didn't do this to myself. The Lord did it. You know, because you don't know what's going to happen. Again, it's relationship. It, it's about us and him. You know, if you're, if you're afraid of, of things, then, then he's not going to, you're not going to have that happen to you, you know? But as you give yourself over to him, it's so hard to say this. <laughs> yes, we grow, we grow in love and, and, and we expand. Okay. So, so, you know, like the Lord showed me, um, my mansion, right. And there's rooms and there's levels that I never been to because I was afraid to go there. And the Lord was trying to, it's not, it's okay. You can go to these other rooms. You can go to these other places. So in a way that's expanding because the, the house is already there. The mansion's already there. The thing's like got at least five, six, seven stories. It's huge, you know, and there's tons of rooms on every floor, but the Lord is helping us because, because we don't know what we don't know. We, we've been taught certain things and, and a lot of things that we're taught have come from men. It's, it's their logical conclusion to the things that they've learned. It didn't come from the Spirit. It came from a person. The person did the best they could, but they told you, you can't go here. You can do this, but you can't do that. I knew a guy, you know, Fred, and he did that, so don't do that. It's all based on their personal experience. It's not based on their interaction with Christ himself. So we have these interactions. Like sometimes people will tell me stuff, and I'm like, huh, that's never happened to me. But how would I know that that was right or wrong? Why are we making, it's kind of like I went to the store and, um, and I bought some groceries and I came home. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter if you know about it or not. It's something that actually happened. I mean, you can say you believe it or you don't believe it. I have groceries in my house now because I went to the store and bought them. So, I mean, it, I appreciate that you have an opinion on my experience, but it, it has nothing to do with me. It actually happened. <laughs> so... It's kind of those funny conversations because, again, there's no frame of reference in the physical world. So sometimes when um, we explain some of these things, there's a, there's a massive disconnect because, again, being very soulish in your understanding of things, speaking about spiritual things, um, there are, there's tons of people that are just not ready for that kind of thing because they haven't ever given themselves over to the to the spiritual realm like we were saying earlier you know i can have an experience with an angel right but if i had never given myself over to the things of god and recognized who i was in christ i'm going to tell everybody that i met an alien that has blonde hair and blue eyes and wears a long white coat and he must be from another planet because my only frame of reference is science <laughs> i'm a scientist the frame of reference is science. My interaction, the grays. Who are the grays? Those are demons. Oh, no, no, no. Those are the gray aliens. You see what I'm saying? It's like my frame of reference is, is so limited because I've only allowed so much into it. I can't explain what it is I'm seeing. So we've been given the spirit of the Lord. We've been given the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge. We've been given him. Right? We've been given the Lord. So now that we know that we have the Spirit of Christ within us, he, or you know, the female side of it, she reveals all things to us. And Jesus said to us, he said, I won't leave you comfortless. I'm going to give you the Spirit. And the Spirit will remind you of everything that I have said. Everything. So we actually have a guide, you know, a, a Spirit guide who is Yahweh. That's the, really, that is the only way to travel. There is no other way to travel. If you try to travel another way, you will get off course. <laughs> Pretty much guaranteed. Um, but to travel is to travel with him. Okay, so listen to this. So let's go back to praying. Let it then remain faithful. Seek no other frame of mind. So, so we're closing our eyes. We're saying something like, I'm in him and he's in me. Okay. Become aware of the presence of God all around us, presence of God within us, okay? And we don't let any other frame of reference, frame of mind come in, but just to rest in him, okay? It has only to suffer itself to be filled with divine infusion. So what you're doing right now is you're almost like becoming like a vessel to be filled with the Lord, Okay? 
super simple. That's why it's called a sharp method of prayer. It's super simple. And I love this quote. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. So that's what you do. You go into there. The Lord is in his holy temple. So who's his holy temple? You. And now what's happening? Let all the earth keep silence before him. So this is quiet. See? Very, very simple. The reason why inward silence is so necessary is that Christ, being the eternal and essential word, in order that he may be received into the soul, there must be a disposition corresponding with what he is. Okay, let's go over that again. The reason why inward silence is so necessary is that Christ, being the eternal and essential word, in order, in order that he may be received into the soul, there must be a disposition corresponding with what he is. So it's almost like, now it is, now let me read the rest. Now it is certain that in order to receive words, we must listen. Hearing is the sense given to enable us to receive the words which are communicated to us. So this is a spiritual receptivity. Okay? That's the kind of prayer it is. So you're being quiet. The Lord is in his holy temple. Okay, you're becoming aware of him. And there he is. He's walking in the temple. And so now you're quiet. And what you're doing now is, so you're becoming open. You're open. You're, you're a vessel. You know, just think of a vessel. A bowl, a jug, a cup, you know, a bucket. <laughs> you're a vessel, right? And so now something is being infused into you. Woo, right? The spirit is now coming in into you. You are becoming aware. You are basically partaking of Christ, partaking of um, who he is in the spirit within us. And so when you're in that place, you're in, you're quiet because you're going to listen. You're not waiting to listen. You're in a spot of receptivity. So hearing is a sense given to us to, 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 you know, to receive words. Now, hearing is rather a passive than an active sense, receiving and not communicating. Christ being the word. Okay, so she's drawing this comparison now between the word. If you're going to receive the word, the word is a person. <laughs> so to hear the word, you have to be quiet so you can listen. You know, you ever, you have a family where everybody talks at the same time? I do. <laughs> <laughs> everybody talks at the same time. There'll be five conversations in the room at the same time. Um, but somehow they managed to make that happen. Yeah. You just, you just, you have to listen to your conversation, right? To multiple conversations, right? I have actually done that. Three different conversations. So Christ being the word, which is to be communicated, the soul must be attentive to this word, which speaks within it. And again, you know, word, using that is a frequency, okay? So you may, sometimes you receive things from the Lord that you don't have actual English words for, but you have something. And English words could happen, or they might not happen right now. You may not know what it was you received from the Lord, but it's something. <laughs> you know something happened. You don't know what it is, but it's something. It could even be, I've had times where I'd be like, I received something, and the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I'm all better now, you know? You received a healing. Did it have words? Yeah, the words were be healed, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> this is why we are so often exhorted to listen to God and be attentive to his voice. Many passages might be quoted. I will be content to mention a few. Hearken unto me, O my people, and give ear unto, unto, unto me, O my nation. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob. That's Isaiah. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnants of the house of Israel. Another one from Isaiah. Hearken, O daughter, and consider, and incline thine ear. Forget also thine own people and thy father's house. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty. That's Psalms. We must listen to God and be attentive to him, forgetting ourselves and self-interest. These two actions are rather passions for this condition is essentially a passive one. Arouse in God a desire towards the beauty he has himself communicated. So what we're seeing here is, um, wow, okay. So what we're seeing here is this active, um, <laughs> it's a communication of love. It's a communication of love. 
It's a two-way communication of love. So when you set your heart on the one that you love, okay, you set your heart in a receptive way, but also in a giving way. So you receive the love. So it's a position of your heart to receive the love of God from within you. Listen, people take in a lot of things, okay, that they shouldn't. <laughs> we all do that, right? But this is setting yourself in your heart towards a receptivity. And there is, you want to use the word magical. It's not magical. I mean, it's mystical, you know. It's a mystical thing. It's not something that you can easily define in words, but it has to do with this back and forth between yourself and your beloved. It's not something that you can just say, this is what you do, and then this happens. And this. God is not a robot. He is not something. He is all in all, and he is love, and he has given us his love. And as we sit in that place of love with him, we, be, we can open ourselves into a receptive manner in which that play back and forth between he and he and I say he and I, I'm moving out here um, comes in. Okay. And, and you leave all other lovers. <laughs> you can't, you can't have them. He, 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 you can't have all that other stuff. You, it doesn't, it's not part of your relationship. You don't bring that in. That's not you. You don't have any other people that you love like him. He's the one, you see? And you're the one for him. You see how that works? So as you're positioning yourself in that place in him, okay, and there's, it says here, a passive one, okay, arousing God a desire towards the beauty he has himself communicated. In other words, you are putting yourself in a position to be loved by God. You know, it's kind of like, um, you're not going to tickle me. You're not going to tickle me, you know? And I was like, oh, yes, I am. No, you're not. You're going to tickle me. I don't it. And then the next thing you know, you're in a tickle fight with your dad. You see what I'm saying? It's more of a, it's more of a back and forth where, you know, you're, play, you're at play, right? It's, it's the love of God. So, and he communicates himself in a pure way, okay? In a, in a natural way spiritual way. Outward silence is extremely necessary for the cultivation of inward silence, and it is impossible to acquire inward silence without having a love for silence and solitude. <laughs> and this is the one that catches with a lot of people, because a lot of people have a hard time with silence. And if you'll see, you know, everybody's got a headset now. It's really hard to be quiet. They don't want the solitude. That silence, it's People feel alone when it's quiet. And that's because of the aloneness of the human heart that has not recognized the presence. And I know people are like, well, no, I mean, I know the Lord. I'm gonna, But I'm just saying, like, you cultivate this, this love for silence and solitude. And it is a good thing. And it's not like, everybody has to be quiet. I'm trying to pray. You know, I could just see that happening. It's not about that, okay? It's a silence and a solitude within Well, well have you ever, yeah. Have you, have you ever, so have you ever had like a really busy day and then you sit down on a chair and you're quiet for a second and you're like, mm -hmm. and you hear all these voices going in your head. What are those voices? Those are voices of your soul. And they need to be, they just need to be quiet. They'll eventually be quiet. So we learned at the beginning, you know, how you do that. You focus on the one. You don't, you don't have to go through and grab all those little, <laughs> you don't have to go through and grab them all. You just focus on the Lord. You just go in and they'll be quiet eventually. But what I'm saying is, is that inward dialogue that's going on in your mind during the day because of all the things that are going on that is louder than what is going on inside. So you can be in a, in a noisy street and be in complete quiet inside. 
You don't have to, it doesn't matter. You can be, because it's an inward quiet, not an outward quiet. It's an inward silence. And, and, you, and you have to want it. You have to want to have an inward silence. So it could be loud outside, but quiet inside. And, um, and I've noticed this, and just so you know, this is not the first time, you know, even five years ago, whenever I started this, um, I knew about this 30 years ago, because I remember times where I would be like, even, um, I had an experience one time where it was so, my mind was so quiet. It was so quiet. And I have a very, I, my mind can be very active like all of us, right? My mind was so quiet. And you know what I noticed more than anything else? The Lord was talking to me continually. He was talking to me nonstop during this time. He was just, but my mind, me, I was completely quiet. And it was the most amazing thing. I, and, and so I think that this is that process where you can actually put yourself in a place where you're quiet. So God tells us by the mouth of his prophet, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak to her heart. And isn't that what this is? You know, you get her, you get, you have the wilderness, right? This is not, I will praise you in the wilderness. I have, I'm completely broke and I'm totally sick and, you know, I'm waiting for heaven so I can die. You know, it's not that. The desert wilderness is, is a place because this is where he took Israel. He took Israel into the wilderness, not as a curse, but as a way to spend time with them away from everything else. When you get married and you go on a honeymoon, why do you go on a honeymoon? You go on a honeymoon to get away from everything so you can spend time with the one that you love. That's what the wilderness is. It's your honeymoon. You can go away. You're getting, remember how I said, you get, you, they had, you get away from all the other lovers. Remember all the other lovers. They had Egypt. They had the gods of Egypt. They had all the precious jewels and all the things that they had. And they took a lot of it with them. And some of them coveted. And some of them, you know what I'm saying? And the Lord's like, get rid of all of this. Don't have any of this in your life. This is time for us. This is us time. You see, so, so the wilderness is not the curse. So when they make those songs about you, I'll praise you in the wilderness, even though you took me into the wilderness for me to die, you knew that I wasn't going to die. And I don't know why you did that, but you did it anyway. And I know I'm not going to die. So thanks. And this is my song, you know, the end of the song, you know, it has nothing to do with that. That's a complete misunderstanding of what it is. So the will, he took her into the wilderness and speak to her heart. Talking about Israel. I will bring her into the wilderness and speak to her heart. You see what happens when you leave all those voices and all of that stuff? That's all the soul. It's exterior. It's like, it's like armor you put on around yourself with your thoughts. Your thoughts you thought protected you. Your mind you thought protected you. Your soul was keeping the world out to keep things away from you, but, but you were keeping him away. So he brings you out into a wilderness where none of the other lovers are there. None of the other things that you love so much are, is there. You're just with him. And now he says, I will speak to your heart. See, that's how it works. He does it like this for everybody because <laughs> he loves us very much. So he takes us, you know, you look at Paul, where did he go? He was gone for what? How many years? He was gone for quite a while, right? And what, where, where did he go? Well, he went to heaven. Jesus taught him all, he taught him the gospel. He spoke to his heart. But you had to get rid of all that. Paul, Paul had all this teaching, all this Gamaliel and all these other people were, you know, he had, he had the best, you know, teaching that you could get in the natural. It was the scriptures, for goodness sake. He wasn't being taught something weird. He'd been taught in the scriptures, but he had to leave all that behind him. He couldn't realize that. And, and again, and if you read, you know, what he says about all that, he goes, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I had all this stuff with me. I had, you know, I was taught by the best, Gamaliel, you know, he knew the scriptures better than anybody. And what does he say? I consider it dung. Why is that? Because he went out to the wilderness. And he was brought out with the Lord. And the Lord spoke to his heart. And then when he came back, he was different. You see? So this is what happens to us. So these are, again, I'm giving you other examples to reinforce this of why when we go in, we're quiet. We're quiet because of all the exterior, all the things the soul tries to bring in. So I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness. Yeah, <laughs> he's tricky. <laughs> He'll get you. But, but, he, but he tells you this. He tells you what he's doing, you know. I think we all kind of come to that conclusion eventually. You know, the world is like, look at me. I'm so fancy. And, and you're like, ooh, it's so fancy. And then the Lord's like, let me show you something. And then he shows you something. And you're like, 
you know, the world's not as fancy as it puts on. <laughs> and you and you ever meet older people and they just kind of have like this cranky attitude and it's because they realize that. <laughs> they were like, yeah, I know you young whippersnappers think everything's great, but <laughs> it's not that great. The value. They're not all like that. For sure. Yeah. 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 So the so the old so the so the older people realize a lot of times when you get older, you realize that a lot of those things are distracting. So they tell that to the younger people and let them, you know, tell them, hey, this is just distracting. These are the things that are important. You start to realize what's important. Well, usually what you find out is important is other people. Um, people are are important. That's actually that's actually the most important thing. And um, you know, other than love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. So number one is your relationship with Yahweh. And second is your relationship with each other. So that's what you realize if you hadn't figured it out at the beginning. Uh, you figure that out at the end if you've been paying attention. Not everybody pays attention and they just get cranky. But a lot of people do pay attention and either they learned it earlier or they learned it later. So God tells us by the mouth of his prophet, I will lure her and bring her into the wilderness. To be inwardly occupied with God and outwardly occupied with countless trifles, this is impossible. I'll read it again. To be inwardly occupied with God and outwardly occupied with countless trifles, this is impossible. It will be a small matter to pray and to retire within ourselves for half an hour or an hour if we do not retain the unction in the spirit of prayer during the day. Okay? It will be a small matter to pray and to retire within ourselves for half an hour or an hour if we do not retain the unction in the spirit of prayer during the day. Okay, so again, this is to retire within and to be aware of his presence within. And now the, the exterior becomes less important. And again, he does lead us off into these places. Now in the desert, it's quiet, isn't it? It's a quiet place. I mean, unless you're in a sandstorm, I guess. But it's quiet because there's no distractions. There's not, there's not any buildings out there. There's no city. There's not, there's not even water, you know, but he brings you water. You see, he creates water. He creates streams. He does all of this because he's speaking to our heart because our soul, as lovely as it is, as we said at the beginning, it works very hard, but it is not the spirit. And sometimes it, and that's why you say retire within being quiet, being focused on the Lord and then leaving all the others. Because again, it's about our relationship. It's about, and, and, he explains it all to us. He reveals it all to us individually. So I can't even tell you what he's going to tell you. You know, I can't even, I can't even tell you the next step because <laughs> the next step is, is with you. The next step happens within you. I, I can only tell you there's a door that you walk through and then you're like, what's on the other side of the door? I'm like, I, I, you'll find out when you go through the door because it's different for everyone. I mean, it totally is, you know, which is great because you're different and everybody's different. And that's why he deals with us in a different way. But, um, you know, so sometimes we get to that spot where, um, you know, there really isn't any um, outward uh, stuff, you know, to distract us. But we can do that within just by being quiet because our soul is like, yeah, but, but I got to take care of this and I got to do that and I got to do the other thing. And then you just like tilt. So, you know, our our mindset focused on him brings us into this place of rest. Our mind focused above on Christ within us, Christ around us, quiets all the other voices. Because all those other voices are our soul trying to somehow attain something. And you can be quiet, but it's a practice. It's a practice. And some people are like, I don't know if I wanna be quiet, and I'll be like, it's really not about being quiet as much as it is as becoming aware of him. And that quietness is now an open vessel. Okay. So they teach this in other places, other ways to be quiet and focus on nothing. Well, that's not what you want. You're in him and he's in you. You're being led in the spirit into this place with him. But again, you know, <laughs> you when you get married, you go to the honeymoon. 
when you're building that relationship, you know, when people go, even a friend, what do you do? You go and have a coffee. You go and do something. Why? So that you guys can talk. You can spend time with each other. You're not bring. you know, you might have a party here and there, but when you're wanting one-on-one time, you go away. You go away. You're not, you're not, <laughs> you don't bring everything with you. You just focus on that person. And so that's what the Lord does. So when we're in this quiet prayer, so this is, what was this one? Chapter 11 of rest in the presence of God, its fruits, inward silence, and, and again, to retire within, um, cease from my a- outward activity. And, um, you know, it's a process. You just work through it and um, you just continue in it. Um, you know, I would say, you know, again, find a place to be quiet in the Lord and just focus on him. You know, we have these iPads and iPhones and all these kind of devices, you know, close it up and just, you know, you could even focus on your breath, breathing in and breathing out. Well, why the breath? Well, guess what breath is? That is the Ruach, the breath, spirit, who gives you your breath? God does, Yahweh. What about the sound that it makes when you say Yahweh? It's the sound of breath. Why is that? Because he breathed into Adam. So that's why you can focus on your breath. If I'm focusing on my breath, I'm not focusing on anything else, right? But the breath would be the breath, which is the life of God. I could find a scripture and meditate on that. I'm just doing a little review in case you hadn't read the beginning of the book. You can focus on the scripture. Our Father, who art in heaven, focusing on who he is, you know, and and doing this kind of thing. Or even, um, you know, focusing on... um, Thanksgiving, you know, not the holiday, but to give thanks for a thing. You could focus on Thanksgiving, I guess, and how thankful you are for Thanksgiving. Um, just focusing on something that, that God has given you and being thankful for it. The attitude of Thanksgiving is a massive way to just become aware of his presence. Because what are you doing when you're giving thanks? You're giving thanks to him for what he has done, and you're opening yourself up to more and you're opening yourself up to him. And it's a simple thing to do. You know, Thanksgiving is amazing. It's very powerful. So that's another way you can do it, by giving thanks. Um, you could say a word, but if you say a lot of words and your soul gets all active in it, you might lose it. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not being quiet now. You're like, hey, you know, Lord, and now your mind is just going and your soul is just going in all these kind of directions, but you're talking to the Lord, which is fine, but it's not this kind of praying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. It's just not that kind of praying. So um, anyway, that's it.